0: Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of In Depth with Beth and Seth, a podcast from Plymouth Church in Minneapolis, and we are delighted that you are spending a little bit of your time listening to us chat about the sermon from yesterday. This Sunday sermon was Sunday, March 13th, 2022, and it was preached by our colleague Dwayne Davis, and it is called Feel the Fear and Keep Going, and the scripture is Luke 13, 31-35. My name is Seth Patterson, and I am your minister for spiritual formation and theater, and I am joined by Beth Hoffman Faith, who also is a minister at this church. I'm really glad to be with you, Beth.
1: Well, thanks for that reminder, Uh Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Yeah, just in case you forgot.
1: Hello, everyone. It is always uh, fun to chat about what we heard uh, and put our own little spin on it. I'm glad to be with you.
0: So we start this podcast by often in the past making sort of a, what seems like a joke maybe only for you and me, saying, your favorite podcast from Plymouth Church in Minneapolis. Before, this was the only podcast. But soon... There will be another one called Meaning, and our colleague Chris Bonhoff has been working on that, and you and he are doing something with it. Can we do a little commercial about that right now?
1: Oh, I would love to. Yes. So for Lent, Chris and I are gathering with folks on Wednesday mornings at 10 o'clock. You can still join if you'd like. You check out the website and ways to do that. To listen together, which is its own spiritual practice, I think, when you're in a space with other people. Uh, Even if it's virtual, listening to something, listening to these beautiful conversations that Chris has had with several members of our congregation about the way their faith and life intersects and what that might mean in terms of making meaning in our own lives. And so we started last week with the first episode. I do believe these podcasts are going to be released to the website one at a time over the course of maybe several months starting very soon. So we'll make sure we do a big old rollout. But if people are interested, you can join us on Wednesdays during Lent. Excellent.
0: And they are very good, these podcasts. I've been working with him on it since the beginning, and they're quite good.
1: Excellent interviewer. Yeah. He asks very thoughtful questions. And the people that he's talking to are all Plymouth people, and they are really fascinating people. Yeah. It's a great thing.
0: And look at this church entering the early 21st century by doing (laughs) podcasts. Look at us go.
1: We are trying. We're trying.
0: Next thing you know, we'll have a TikTok page.
1: That's going to be all you, Seth. You're going to be the administrator of our TikTok page.
0: Based on my current understanding (laughs) and use of social media, it'll be a very quiet TikTok. As always, we encourage you to Uh, listen to the sermon, and if you have not done that yet, you may pause this. Go to the website or to Plymouth's YouTube page and watch either service from March 13th. So this is the first sermon of our Lenten series, really. Last Sunday was the first Sunday of Lent, but it was our Confirmation Sunday, and so it wasn't explicitly Lenten. This is the first one in which we are doing Lent, so to speak, and trying to live into the theme that we put together what is our theme this year, Beth?
1: Our Lenten theme is centering in the spirit, a path towards liberation.
0: Liberation.
1: Liberation. We Tell really, me more. we wrestled with that word, didn't we? We did. We thought and thought about what it is we wanted to try to portray in our theme. And it's a good one because it has a lot of different connotations.
0: It does. And this week, uh, Duane really took on the idea of fear. And how it holds us and the liberation from that fear. I found that to be a very important conversation to be had, especially right now and really as we begin Lent, because fear really does slow us down and, and stop us from doing things. He, he says early on in the sermon, fear can often cloud the perception of things, preventing fearful people from seeing the bigger picture. That is a factual statement of humanity and seems to be the case right now as we are sitting back watching a war unfold in another place that I am, I am witnessing so much fear about it changing people's behaviors, changing people's connection to their worlds because of a fear of how that could expand, unfold, change, and so forth. This would be the kind of place in a podcast, Beth, where we would name the things we're afraid of. I'm not going to ask you that, but there's fears that will always hold us back. How does that feel in terms of the concept of liberation for you?
1: Well, I think before I can get to that point, I'm thinking about the whole concept of fear and how pervasive it it is in our lives and in our society and in the way it shows up. So for me, fear is one of those things that often gets disguised by other emotions, anger, apathy, uncertainty, guilt, guilt, patriotism. You know, I think that underlying all of what's happening today, any place you point, uh, it it would be that so much is rooted in fear. So, and personally, we all deal with our own set of, of demons, for lack of a better word. I have a crippling fear of heights and that fear has prevented me from experiencing some really amazing things. It has created in me an angst and anxiety at times that is very unfamiliar because it's not how I typically live my life. Mm. Um, we We can become incredibly irrational in our fear. If I'm at a place, I can feel like my life is being threatened because I'm standing on the edge of a cliff or I'm driving up a mountain. Uh, We just become irrational. So fear is this really wide, wide container. And I'm grateful that Duane talked about it because I had a couple of people come up to me after church yesterday and said, I just really needed to hear that. I think there's so much angst in this time that people just need that to be Acknowledge that, yes, this is a time of fear. And what Dwayne did in his sermon was ask the question, well, was Jesus afraid?
0: Yes. And I, I really appreciated that because so often we think of Jesus as somehow being so perfect or understanding of a mission or like we're looking at everything from the retrospect. Mm. Now, when somebody came to him and said, man, be a, you should be scared of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's, a, that's a big thing to consider. Like, well, why wasn't he? or was he and then chose
1: otherwise. Oh well, and I I believe that because of Jesus humanity he absolutely was afraid. It just didn't deter him from what he knew he had to do. To me that was really, you know, what the the basis of Duane's message was. That yes, fear is real and we are experiencing it now in a variety of ways and keep going. That mm-hmm. you don't have to let that fear stop you from doing the important work in the world or by doing what brings you fulfillment or joy or happiness or systemic change. I mean, we just, yeah, we're going to live with fear. So as ahead.
0: I have found myself saying to my child that she is afraid of this thing or that thing in the night, as I've said, the only way that you can be courageous is if you're afraid first, you don't get to exercise courage if, if you're not afraid of something. It is a necessary component of bravery. You over, Absolutely. You look, you do something despite being afraid.
1: And as a parent, I'm sure you have felt afraid at the same time your child has been afraid, but your child is looking to you <laughs> to calm that fear. So yeah. you have to, you know, quickly deal with your own so that you can comfort and nurture one who's dependent on you. Yeah. I found that role many a times as a parent, that we are forced to quell our own fear in order to offer protection to another. And maybe Jesus, you know, that was sort of Jesus' way of doing things, too. He knew he had mm. to continue to heal and serve and preach and teach. And he was going to do that whether Herod was going to come for him or not. Yeah,
0: people were following him. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that example lived out time and time again. And we have the big names of Gandhi and King and and others that ultimately did succumb to the thing that they were told to be afraid of. And yet Mm. they persisted. Yeah, a lot depended on Jesus not giving in to that fear. And a fear, what's hard about it, is so often rational. It is so Mm -hmm. often practical. People talk that fear is the first emotion that you you have. Mm. And it is you can often root it in a very real thing. I'm afraid that we're going to run out of money because there are all these things telling me that is the case to happen. So do I live into it or do I not?
1: Yesterday at the at the beginning of each peace prayer I was talking about the fact that what's really been weighing on my mind this week is considering all the Ukrainians who are having to make the decision whether to go or whether to stay. Yeah. And I I cannot imagine what that choice, quote unquote, feels like, and how much fear is involved, no matter what the choice is, what, no matter what the decision becomes, fear lives within each one in, of the options. And I'm just really humbled by that as we all sort of, you know, we can claim fear over what's happening in Ukraine, but we aren't living in the midst of it either. Yeah. You know, we're, we're only spectators from afar and the people having to make these life or death decisions in the midst of terror and trauma. I just, my heart breaks for people who have to hold that.
0: And we have a very real animal sort of response to fear that is that supersedes or even the rationality of, of what to do. You want to fight, you want to freeze, or you want to run. And those things often then our fear then becomes even though the fear is of something rational, our response to it becomes ir- irrational. It is, mm-hmm. a, it is a reaction. It is to save us. Mm-hmm. So it, the whole thing is then complicated once again by our own humanity. Indeed.
1: And, so what do we do, Seth? What do we well, do?
0: One other thing I want to name before we get to the elusive what do we what mm-hmm. do is that fear is not just individual. But fear can be collective. Fear can be institutional. And Duane says something about this in the middle of the sermon where he says, as a church over the last few years, we have been on a journey whose destination and destiny are not entirely clear, but we've been called to purposes which take us on path to do the hard work of justice. We have been looking at what growth in our community would look like. We've engaged in some hard discussions about making our space and place more radically hospitable and welcoming. And he goes on for all these things that we have done. And he says And every potential for change, transformation, and liberation within these walls can be frightening. There are threats, external and internal, that will always offer us a chance to stop what we are doing or to turn back or focus inward. And I found that to be a really important piece to remember is that it's not just what I do as a person, but we also have a collective action and fear can be part of our collective movement or lack of movement as well. Right now, our Board of Finance Administration, our deacons, our clergy and staff are really talking about how we spend our money. What does it mean to spend our money? How do we invest in the future or not? And so much of that conversation seems to me to be at least in part influenced by a fear of the unknown of the future. If we spend money now, what if we don't have it later?
1: Well, I think that a component of fear is that it's contagious. So one person's fear Articulated becomes then the fear of of the gathered, uh, and hmm. that's yeah that's when you know fear becomes a living breathing entity within any kind of system that can really be detrimental. I think that this is living out right now as we continue two years into a pandemic. We're trying to figure out what does the church look like post pandemic. What does this mean for uh, things we've always Named as success previously, numbers of people attending, uh, how many people show up, how the space is being used. When well, now we have, we, we need to reframe things and look, look at it from a much wider perspective. But I hear in people's concerns about the future of the church, I hear a lot of fear. It's fear-based. Mm-hmm. And for me, Seth, I've said this, I've preached this. I probably have a kitchen Say it again somewhere Pre- that says Say it. it again. Preach it again. The opposite of fear is faith. You know, it's, it's not not believing, it's being fearful. So when you recognize that, it can help us shift into something else. And of course, what I really want from every sermon is to tell me how to do it.
0: You do. You do really. And I
1: ask the question every time, and I think we even have a sound effect. but for me the question of the sermon is how we move from a place of fear to faith i mean duane names that fear is just a part of it and we just keep going just keep going acknowledge the fear but keep going but i also want some way to address the fear so that it doesn't take over it doesn't it doesn't claim us in such a negative way
0: i think he does tell us but it might be not the concrete answer that might be sought. And he essentially he says, trust in God. The very last line of the sermon is, the Lord is our light and our salvation who nurtures and protects us. We'll keep going. God, in the way that people have interpreted God's will through the writing of the Bible, do not fear coming from the voice of God is stated more than 80 times in the whole Bible. Some say it's the most consistent piece of the old of the hebrew and the christian testaments is do not be afraid do not fear so we're being told to we're being asked to we're maybe commanded to not fear and to trust in god and yet that still feels insufficient somehow
1: i think it may depend on where people are in their own faith journey because That might be language and verbiage and even understanding that doesn't work. When one is rooted in fear, it's hard to trust that there's an outside force of love calling you from that place. Right.
0: No, exactly.
1: And so I don't disagree with what Duane is saying at all. I just know for those of us who are just really feeling stuck in our fear I need something more tangible to even inch us towards this understanding of a loving God who will continue to, as Duane writes, nurture and protect us.
0: So, what do you, in lack of a preached answer beyond that, how do you live in your fear? How do you act courageously? How do you live in the faith that is the opposite of fear?
1: A lot of me, if it for me is asking the question, what is the next right thing to do. Mm. I ask myself that all the time.
0: Breaking it down into more, tiny yeah.
1: manageable pieces. Not trying to conquer the whole mountain at once, but what is the next right thing I need to do? I think acknowledging our fear. I, I, you know, I said this at the beginning, but fear comes out in a variety of ways. So if people could say, "Why am I so angry about this?" or "Why, why am I having this visceral reaction towards something?" Well, maybe the undercurrent is what am I afraid of here? And then getting vulnerable with that question and beginning to name what the fear is, because I think it takes then the power out of all those really volatile reactions or it can. And I will echo what Duane says. We keep going. We keep Mm -hmm. going. And maybe the next thing is to acknowledge everything we're doing in spite of our fear. Those things that we continue to do and live into and breathe life into, even when we're shaken in our boots.
0: Yeah. A reframing into gratitude doesn't make the fear go away, but it does make the way we see it differently. As we talked about, as we were preparing this on Sunday there, our children and youth have been slow to return Mm -hmm. in, in this reopening time, which makes sense. Habits have been changed. Things are still cautious. And we can easily say, well, there are only X number of kids here this Sunday. We could also say, can you believe that even in 2022, in March of 2022, this many kids showed up? Thank you to them. And that being said, if there's anybody listening who has children, we miss you. We love you. And we would love to see you here again.
1: Amen to that.
0: All right, friends, what do you do? How do you live in your fear? What do you do? To be courageous, to hold faith, to keep moving
1: on. What do you do? And if you're looking for someone with whom to share your fears, we are always available for a listening ear, for a word of comfort or encouragement to remind you of your own courage in the midst of your journey.
0: Absolutely. We look forward to hearing from you. Be well, friends.